We've already received communion, given a tithes and offerings, praise and worship. I think Walt would be pretty proud, wouldn't you say? I only forgot one thing. We're doing great. Youth, you are dismissed this morning. Have a great service next door. Church, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to get those out as we're going to get into the Word. I, the title of my message is Light Your World. As you can see, we have props this morning. And as I told Ernie, when the cat's away, the mouse will play. So don't tell him I said that. But uh, how many of you, when you were little or young, a kid, were afraid of the dark? Do we have any hands? I was a complete 100% scaredy cat. I had a nightlight in my room till the day I moved out when I got married. And I still, in my house, keep lights on at night just in case I've got to get up in the night. Now, Walter, on the other hand, likes it pitch black. Pitch black. Not me. I like light. Years ago when we used to run youth camps, we would, I would have to do the girls' cabin check at night, make sure everybody's bedded down, you know, and uh, nobody's doing anything they shouldn't. So I would always bring another female cabin leader with me, and we'd go and we'd do the cabin checks. I would have the biggest flashlight possible because a camp can get very dark. I do not like the, like the dark. Have you ever thought really what is dark? What is the definition of dark? What is darkness? Dark is merely the absence of light. So my first point this morning is, if you're taking notes, get lit. Get lit. So before we get started, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You will show us, illuminate for us the word that you would have for us to receive today. Speak through me. Let me be out of the way so that your words are heard clearly. In your name we pray, amen. So get lit. The definition of dark in Webster's Dictionary is as follows. Devoid or partially devoid of light. Not receiving, reflecting, transmitting, or radiating light. It's also a lack of spiritual or intellectual enlightenment. Ignorance, wickedness, or evil. The Greek definition for darkness is the word, the way you say it, is skotos, and its definition is as follows. Physical darkness, and metaphorically for spiritual, moral, and intellectual darkness. This darkness arises from error, ignorance, disobedience, willful disobedience, or rebellion, Darkness is an evil system absolutely opposed to the light. Before we gave our lives to Christ, we lived in this kind of darkness until somebody who had the light shared the light and you received the light. I don't know what that looked like for you, what your conversion story is, for me, it was when I was six years old sitting in children's church at First Family Church in Whittier, California. And I can still remember the chapel. It resembled this room, except there were pews. And I remember the children's church leaders. It was Captain Andy and his wife. And uh, I can remember walking down the aisle and they had altars in the chapel, and I can remember walking up there. And at six years old, what darkness looks like for a six-year-old six year might, look, might look different than what darkness looked like for you at maybe 16, 17, 20, 25, 35. But at six years old, I walked out of six-year-old darkness 
into light. The word says in John 8, because we are studying John 8 as a church family, John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So when the person that shared with you about Jesus took you by the hand, and brought you to the light, and you received that. You walked out of darkness, as John 8, 12 says, you walked out of darkness, and you walked into the light. And the light then became the light of your life. Amen? If you will indulge me, this is probably, it might seem childish to you, but I think it makes a very good point. I want to read you a story about a light bulb. And it goes as follows. The light bulb said, I have to find a way to shine. So the light bulb went to a couple self-help meetings to learn about its inner capacity for light. It read books about how to get brighter. And each morning, the light bulb would get up and recite positive affirmations. I am a light bulb. I believe in myself. I will shine. But nothing happened. Eventually, the light bulb became weary and discouraged. It began to doubt who it was and what it could do. It almost burned out completely. Fortunately, one day the light bulb was carefully placed in a fixture. Light burst forth and filled the room. The light bulb finally understood. The key was not trying harder, but finding the source and being plugged in. Trying to shine on our own can be exhausting. Similarly, we are called to be closely connected to or plugged into God and to stay put. When we do, his light shines through us in powerful ways and brilliant ways that change the world or the room around us. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. When the light bulb is plugged in, the room changes. It goes from dark to light. When you are plugged in to the source, when you walk in a room, the room changes. Stay plugged in. Staying plugged in ensures that darkness is pierced. Staying plugged in changes an atmosphere from dark to light. Staying plugged in in your home when a lamp is plugged in and a light bulb is in its fixture and you flip the switch, everything becomes colorful. The room changes. When it's dark outside, these windows, these stained glass windows, don't look this beautiful. But when it's light outside and the light shines through, there's life and there's color and this room changes. Have you ever been in a really dark room and you don't know where the light switch is? And you're feeling for it? And as soon as the, the switch is flipped, everything changes. Even your internal senses change. Because I don't know about you, if you've ever been in a place that you're not familiar with and it's dark and you're trying to find the light, can't you get a little bit nervous? A little bit fearful? At least me, I do. 
I can remember when almost three years ago when we started here at the Hills and we were just becoming familiar with here, Johnson Hall, I did not know where all those switches were. And I remember being in there one night and it was dark and I could not find the light switches. And there are enough walls in that place that you have to wander in the dark to find them. I don't like the dark. Light is always better. So I have to ask you, if you are going to get lit and light your world, what kind of light do you choose to be? Because see, your world are the people around you. As long as you are living on planet Earth, you will forever and always spend a good majority of your life in the company of others. For instance, you can look to your right and you can look to your left. You can look in front of you and you can look behind you this morning. You are in the company of others. When you go home, you are in the company of others, typically. When you are on a job, you are in the company of others. If you teach, you are in a classroom in the company of others. If you are in a dorm for school or an apartment shared with others, in a retirement um, community, you are in the company of others. As long as you are living and breathing on planet Earth, you will spend your days in the company of others. So how do you choose to light your world? Life is going to happen and influence from your life to others is a given. It's going to happen whether you are intentional or not intentional because your fashion choices, your social media choices, your party choices. For me today, I'm spending it with Eagles fans. Your party choices, your moral choices, your job choices, your political choices. You will have influence in all of these ways. And my question to you this morning is, what kind of light do you choose to be? Because you will light. The dependence of the brightness is on you. And that light is either going to, your life is either going to draw people into Jesus's light or away from Jesus's light. So I have a few props here this morning. My first question to you is, are you one of these pretty candles? They look pretty on the outside. Their light is very dim. That's not going to light a room. It'll be, if the lights are all off, you'll see it but it's not going to radiate. It certainly doesn't drip. It's always going to look pretty. Are you like this kind of light? That it looks great on the outside, but its light and its brightness is dim and it barely flickers. I used to tell Madison, I still to do to this day, ever since she was old enough to understand I'd call her Punky. I still call her Punky. I'd say, Punky, you might be pretty on the outside, but it's your inside beauty that far outweighs your outward beauty. Because you see, at some point, the inward beauty or the inward not beautiful is going to outshine the outward. And we notice this with elderly people. Have you ever been to um, a retirement community or an assisted living home? I see it frequently. Have you ever noticed elderly people have no inhibitions? None. I, have you ever noticed? Really. They have no inhibitions. When we're younger, we are able to put on facades. We can wear a really great mask that looks good. 
you know, we are able to keep up great fronts with people. It's kind of like Facebook. Everybody has a wonderful, stellar, leave it to beaver kind of life. When we're younger, we can keep all this up. I don't know if it's when we get older that we just don't care or we just don't have the capacity to do it. The inward stuff as we grow older certainly outshines the outward. It doesn't matter how beautiful you might look on the outside. It doesn't matter how wonderful your life might look to everybody. People might be you know, looking at your life and thinking, that's the life I want. But they have no idea what's going on on the inside. Are you the candle that looks pretty, but it's not for real? The next is, are you an energy efficient bulb on a timer? Now, I do not like energy efficient bulbs, and I really don't like timers. And let me tell you why. A number of years ago, we had moved to North Carolina, and we built um, a home that was larger than what we had lived in before. And there were a lot of opportunities for lighting. I like light, and I like decorative lighting. Walter prefers a lower electricity bill. <laughs> so we were at an impasse, and I remember the conversation well. He came home from Sam's Club with a package of these. These don't even look like a real white bulb to me. They got this big old thing down at the bottom, and they're a lot harder. And he came home with a package of these, and he said that we were switching out our light bulbs. Now, I don't know if you have these in your home, but when you turn them on, they don't immediately brighten up a room. They take a little time. They're slow going. But then they eventually brighten up, but I still don't even think that it's the same light. I have now learned to buy the warm energy efficient. But that day we were at an impasse, and this was the compromise we had to come to. That if I wanted lights on in my house, as much as I wanted, and all the decorative lighting, then we had to compromise. He would get his low electricity bill with these, and I would get to have my lamps. And so, having gone through Marriage Counseling 101, <laughs> compromise. And they not only were these bulbs, but they were the timers. I ask you today, are you an energy efficient bulb on a timer that you can adjust to the situations you are in? You turn on in certain situations and you turn off in other situations. You come to church and the timer is on. You worship. You say your amens, you do your thing, God is good. You go back to work on Monday morning and the timer is off. Would anybody know that the light is in you? Would anybody know? I don't care for timers in my spiritual life because I want to know that I'm always on. There's a passage that says to be ready in season and out of season. Just be ready. Be the light in every situation, not on a timer, not compromising your way through. Because you see, Walt and I had to come to a compromise on the kind of light bulbs we were gonna use and the timers. But I never want to compromise the light in my life. Because that kind of compromise compromises the results of the impact that will be made in the world around me. And that world can be, just let think about it in circles. You've got your 
inner world, which is your family. You know, those that live with you. Are you on a timer with them? I don't want to be on a timer with Walt and with the kids. I want to be on. Doesn't mean you don't have a bad day. But I want to be on. I want my light to shine. Because you see, you never know if somebody living in your house is going to go out and change the world. You don't know if somebody in your family is going to go out and change the world. In your office, in your classroom, on your job. You don't know that if your timer is on, will the light be so bright that it'll pierce the darkness in their heart and in their life and change everything going on. That their world will change, their life will change, and then ripple out to their family. Are you on a timer? Are you an energy efficient bulb? Are you your phone light? Everybody have a phone? I'm sure a lot of you have them out. If you have them out, go ahead, do your screen, turn the light on. Are you this? Have you ever been to a concert and you know, we go like this, you know? Got them in the air. Are you this? That it's not all that bright and that big. Sure, if it was completely dark and there were enough of them, you might be able to find your way to the person across the arena. Are you this? You can control it. You can turn it on and turn it off. You control. Are you the one controlling the output of the light in your life? Or is Jesus... Is he's, are you following his lead? When his word says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, it gives us the, um, the picture that we're going somewhere. We're walking this thing out. His word is illuminating our life. Are you walking this thing out lit, not controlling the light, but following the light? and being the light. Are you your phone light? And the last one I want to ask you if you are is this. Are you a floodlight? A large, powerful, bright, vast, can illuminate a stage, a field, or the exterior of a building used to light big, vast spaces with a reach that is wide. Out here on First Avenue, the front of the church, if you look up, there's a steeple with a cross on it. And there are two floodlights on that cross. If you're paying attention and you're on the 210 freeway, you'll see the cross. If you're looking for it, you will find it. Those floodlights illuminate the darkness, pierce the darkness, and light the cross. Are you allowing that kind of light to shine in your life to illuminate the darkness around you, change the atmosphere around you, so that if it is completely dark, when you walk into the room, when you walk into that party, when you walk into that job, when you walk into that classroom, when you walk into your boss's office, and the door opens, it is like that was turned on when you walk in the door. Have you ever seen a movie, and it's like, as they walk in the room. Have you ever seen it? It's like the aha moment, and you know, it's like light, it's like the glow comes behind them as they walk through. Yeah, that's what it's like. 
when you shine like that and you walk into the middle of darkness. Or how about this? There is a fierce argument going on. Fierce. And you choose, choose to be that. And the darkness has to cease because the light shows up and darkness has pierced. It's almost like the parting of the Red Sea. The darkness has to spread wide open so that the light can shine bright. Are you a floodlight? Are you plugged into the source first and foremost? Are you plugged into the source? If you aren't, I encourage you today, let's just get it right. Plug in. If you've been the candle that barely flickers, but it looks pretty, are you compromising inward transformation for looking really great on the outside? Because it's the light that's on the inside that changes the outside. Are you compromising inward transformation to look good? Are you the candle? Or are you the light bulb, the energy efficient light bulb and the timer? Why? Why? Why be situational? Situational ethics. We live in a society today that situational ethics are the norm. In relationships, in politics, sadly to say in church, situational ethics, situational morals. Your life is on a timer. Why? Why not just shine bright and not compromise it? Are you a timer? Or are you the floodlight that will literally light a room so that anybody and everybody can find their way? I remember when we, three years ago, when we started here at the Hills, and they got those lights going up top. And we could see, that was one of the things Walt and I loved to do when we would drive the 210 freeway. I wouldn't be driving, he wouldn't look, I would look. Passenger door, see, and I'd look out to find the cross. Lit up as a beacon for somebody to find their way. Somebody could find their way here if they were looking. Is your life like that? It is, a, is it a beacon that shines so bright? that somebody could find their way to the one that can change their world. I love the passage in Matthew 5, verse 16. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, we like to get that backwards. We like to have our works speak for us, which I don't think that's a bad thing, but when we have it backwards, we're not gonna have the same results. It says, how does it go? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. If you're doing things just to be seen, if you're handing out bags or lunch sacks just to be seen, if you're doing good just to be seen, it's kind of like the Pharisees. They wanted everybody to know what they were doing. And Jesus said, you got it all wrong. It's like that fasting thing. He says, if you're going to fast, do it in secret. Nobody needs to know about it. But they wanted everybody to know. Trust me, when I'm not eating, my house knows I'm not eating. 
clearly they haven't heard that lately. <laughs> but if I'm not eating, they know. Are you doing things to be seen? Or are you living a life that you're letting your light shine so that if your light is shining, men will then see. It's almost as if their eyes are opened to see the good works, to see the intention behind the good works. And what does it do? It leads them to glorify your father. It says your, not theirs. Glorify your father in heaven. And then what I think, this is Michelle adding to, I believe that begins to open the door because darkness is pierced and light has come in. And if they're glorifying your father who is in heaven, it opens the door for questions. I love questions. I love to sit and ask questions. And I love to be asked questions because you know what? You not only find out somebody's story, you get to share your story. But what happens is in the midst of questions and answers and stories being shared, Jesus gets involved in the conversation. And guess what? You go from them just glorifying your Father in heaven to being able to lead people into finding out who their Father in heaven is. And that's the reason why we light the world around us. You see, Jesus just didn't do all this stuff. He didn't die like we said in communion this morning. The sacrifice wasn't just made for us to have redemption. He did it for everybody. It's selfish for me because I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven, and I'm part of a family. But he says, Michelle, Noreen, Justin, I want you to light the office that you work in. I want those people that you work in day in and day out with to know that there's a difference in you because you show up there on Monday morning. Because your life and your family look different. Does your office look different because you're there? Rudy, does that bus that you drive here on Sunday mornings, does the lady that drives that bus know that your life is different because Jesus lives in it? Noreen, does the ladies or the men that you work with in the district at the school know that the light of Jesus resides on the inside of you and because you're there on the scene in that office, darkness cannot have authority there. Do you realize that? Lorraine, at your job, darkness cannot rule and reign because you are there. At that camp, Darkness cannot rule and reign because you're there. Do you realize that? Cheryl, City of Hope, the office that you live in, that you work at five days a week. Darkness cannot rule and reign because Cheryl Sanis works there. Sam, your family, your business, Darkness has no place. No place. It cannot rule and reign. It has no authority. Because the light, the floodlight that is vast and bright, reaches even the crevices and the corners, rules and reigns in your life. Do you see that, church? Because you show up on a campus in Azusa, the light of Jesus shows up. Wherever your feet take you during your week, light shows up. Do you hear that? And even when you go somewhere you shouldn't, you ever done that? 
even when you go somewhere you shouldn't. And you're convicted and you know, I made a mistake. You know what? You go, you, because here's the thing, you can go immediately from being this or this to this. You don't have to come back to church in, the, in a week and come on Sunday mornings and come down to the altar and make it right. You can do it in an instant. So it, it doesn't matter if you go somewhere you shouldn't and you know it. Make it right. And let the floodlight in your life be turned on. And one, the mama in me says, get the heck out of there. Okay? But secondly, walk out verbalizing, I know who lives in me. Do you hear this this morning? Who are you? Are you plugged in? Are you plugged in? Number one, are you the energy efficient bulb? Are you the phone? Are you on a timer? Or are you the floodlight or the candle? The candle always looks pretty. But are you sacrificing an impact to be situational? Or do you choose to be a floodlight? Will you stand with me? In closing, there's a few things I want us to remember today. Our focus must always, always be on the light who is Jesus and his word. Secondly, my influence and brightness is an absolute result of my pursuit of the light. Your pursuit of Jesus, your pursuit of the light of life has direct impact and correlation to the impact you make to the world around you. Next, am I a steward or I am a steward of my influence and brightness so it is important that I get out of the way and let Jesus work through me. Just like you have to steward a job, you have to steward your health, you have to steward your finances, you steward the influence and the brightness of your life. You steward it, you steward the light. And that stewardship directly affects the impact of your life. And it directly affects Jesus working through you. Lastly, only God can measure the significance of my influence. I may influence one person, and that one person may change the world. I don't know who the person is that influenced Billy Graham. But that one person changed the world. I don't know who influenced Francis Chan. Crazy love. But that one person changed the world. I don't know who the one person was that influenced Christine Kane. But she's rocking darkness. She's rocking darkness and changing the lives of multiple women and men around the world because she's allowed the light to work through her in ways because she chooses to step out of the way. What would happen if you allowed the Lord to use your life in such a way and the light in your life, which is Jesus, to influence even one. It would be awesome to see the effect. 
I encourage you today, as we leave this place and we walk off this campus, drive off this campus, the communities you li live in, if you go to lunch around here or dinner, wherever you may go, if you go to a Super Bowl party, wherever you may go, take an assignment with you and do something out of the ordinary that just shines Jesus bright. And you know what? It could be as simple as serving somebody else. Because we're not used to serving others, we're used to being served. It could be that simple. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you for being the light. The light that lives within us and shines brightly. Father, we come to you today. Church, if there's anybody here that needs to just start at ground zero and say, I need to get plugged in. I never have been. Or I need to plug back in. Will you repeat this prayer after me? Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. We desire to be plugged into the source. Lord, use our life for your honor and your glory that you would be glorified. We will step out of the way and let you be the one that shines. Lord, I thank you that as a church we make a decision that we will be a floodlight, a floodlight that illuminates darkness, pierces darkness, so that darkness has no authority, but the light, which is you, shines bright, that they, people will see a way, a way that leads to life. Lord, I thank you that you meet us here today. You are good. You are light. And we trust your word when it says, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, that the light not only lives in us, but your word leads and guides us and directs us and illuminates the way before us so that we know the way to go. I thank you for it in your son's name. Amen. Let's close by singing a song. He is a good, good father. Amen. And I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. And I've tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are It's who I am, it's who I am, I've seen, and I've seen many searching for answers, far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers, only you provide me. Cause you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
I know I'm supposed to dismiss right now, but there's two more things I need to say, two more people. Kirk, the Lord has you in a season of being a carpenter again, and we've talked about this. But you get the opportunity to walk through homes and buildings and places that we don't know what resides there. But when you walk through, light has shown up. And so we thank the Lord that because you show up in a space, the light has shown up. And we thank the Lord that in whatever happens, that the space is left different. Because Kirk Henry has been there. Because Jesus has been there. And Faye, you're retired. You might not clock into an office anymore. But you know what? You get the opportunity to pick up a little guy from school that maybe not every other grandmother gets to. But because you drive on that campus light shows up and then a little light gets in your car that you get to illuminate the space of that Honda and impact your world grandparents you might think you know what this is easy street now I don't got a clock in anymore I don't go and pick up kids I don't take them to soccer practice your influence might be in your car. When you go to lunch with somebody and they're in confined space, the light shows up in the four doors or the two doors or whatever kind of car you drive. Let the light shine in that car. Speak Jesus 
play Jesus on the radio. Trust me, I like country music like the best of them. But play Jesus in the car too. Let the light shine bright. And if you are a mom and you get to take little ones to school or to play time or whatever you do, let Jesus show up. Show up. Jesus shines through you right here. The light in you gets to affect his life. Amen. Show up. Get plugged in. Amen. Amen. I had to keep going. I apologize. I'm supposed to dismiss now. It's in my notes. <laughs> I have notes. So, has it been a good day in God's house? Amen. Amen. I say every time we are a family here at the Hills Church, and when you walk through those doors, you become part of a family. Even before you come through the doors, just out on the campus, we're family and we love you. Thank you for being here. We love seeing your face. If you feel so inclined to pick up some lunch sacks, pick them up next door at Johnson Hall. Give them out. Let your light shine bright so that they will glorify your Father in heaven through lunch sacks. Amen. We are going to have nachos next door, Super Bowl food. Can we just say, go Eagles one more time? Go Eagles. Let's just get it in the atmosphere. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. We want them to have a Super Bowl ring. And lastly, but certainly not least, at the, as we conclude, if you would like prayer, please come forward. We would love to pray with you, agree with you, believing God for answers in your life. Have a wonderful week. God bless.